Welcome, everyone. My name is Eric Jorgensen. I'm the founder of Special Needs Navigator. The purpose of Special Needs Navigator is to help families and individuals connect with benefits, resources, and services for all disabilities and types. Today, I'm excited. I have the founder of Teaching the Autism Community Trades, Danny Combs, to share with us what TACT is and how you can get involved. I will tell you, in my opinion, TACT is phenomenal. I haven't found anything like it anywhere else in the country. And for the viewers that don't know that much about me, I retired from the Navy as a journeyman electrician, so I'm a big fan of trades. This is an overview of what we'll be talking about. We're going to start with a quick intro to Danny. I'm going to give a little bit of his bio, then I'm going to ask him to share more about himself. I'm going to have Danny share with you what TACT is, how they came about, what they do, how you can get involved, and most importantly, because they are a nonprofit, how you can support. So Danny has a pretty eclectic background. In addition to founding TACT in 2006, he's a fourth-generation woodworker and mechanical tinkerer. He spent 10 years in Nashville in the music industry. He's a published author. He has a master's in education. He's a board-certified cognitive specialist, certified autism specialist, and we can't leave out, he's a classic car junkie. My foray into classic cars, I had a 1978 25th anniversary edition Corvette when I was in my 20s. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I put a Corvette engine in my Land Cruiser, so. Oh my gosh. Well, Danny, welcome. Thank you for being generous with your time and sharing your time with us and talking about tact. Would you mind sharing a little bit more, other than the Vitae curriculum that I read off, just a little bit more about you and why you founded tact? Yeah, absolutely. Well, my son is the inspiration for sure. So I have an amazing 11-year-old boy named Dylan that was diagnosed with autism, changed my life for the better. So it's amazing kind of how your family ends up influencing you. I mean, my family is absolutely the inspiration behind TACT, not just my son, but my upbringing as well. So kind of as you read in my bio, I grew up doing this kind of working with my hands and making things and fixing things. My great-grandfather helped start a company in Long Island called Grumman and then led to my grandfather working there as well, later became Northrop Grumman, and they did aerospace stuff where they were building airplanes and most famously helped design the lunar module, which brought the astronauts to the moon back in the 60s. So kind of exciting to always joke that there's a Combs on the moon where it has everybody's name to help make it, which is kind of exciting. And then my dad was a general contractor and I was free labor. So I mean, every day after school, on the weekends, holiday break, summer break, it was working. So I mean, from a very, very early onset, it was taught how to work and expected to work. And naturally, when you grow up doing that, you decide to go to Nashville and play guitar because that's what you do when that is your upbringing. So it worked out for me. I was very, very fortunate, very blessed. I got to play guitar for a living and got to meet some amazing people and play with some amazing people and do everything from playing guitar with people to working the management side, the publicity side, the arranging side, the composing side. It was really fun. It was a great period of life. My son Dylan, when he was born in 2009, it kind of changed my life in the sense that, you know, he was able to conceptualize, visualize, and make these incredible 3D things specifically superhero suits, because he's kind of always been obsessed with superheroes, before he could say, hello, dad. So, you know, he didn't actually start really talking until much later. I think he was around six before I actually got a, you know, hello or a dad, that kind of thing. We did years of therapy, 
there was a great firm um, outside of Nashville, Mount Juliet, that really helped and came to Denver and was looking for kind of a new opportunity and was teaching out here and still doing music and had this idea for TACT and had the chance to meet Dr. Temple Grandin. And she's since become a dear friend and somebody I talk to a lot and just respect tremendously. And said, hey, you know, I've got this idea of this program that my family background, right? I mean, trades. So, I mean, seeing my son's strengths and wanting to build upon them, where the whole idea was, my son's really good at making these things, at fixing these things, at visualizing, conceptualizing. It's got to be other people that are able to do this too. So I started looking for something. Tragically, couldn't find anything still, as you pointed out, can't find anything out there like us. And went to Temple and said, I have this idea of this program called TACT, where we're teaching trades to individuals with autism. And her words were literally, it's brilliant. Stop what you're doing and go do it now. And so we always joke that Temple told us to, but I listened to her. I respected her that much that, I mean, it was the leap of faith, you know, giving up kind of what I had been doing to put forth this idea of starting a nonprofit and helping my sons and other individuals like him the world better. And we've been really successful. I mean, knock on wood, we just reached over 700 kids as far as in our program, which is pretty amazing. This summer alone, despite all the COVID stuff, we ended up having to shift from our traditional summer camps to doing one-on-one lessons. And we had over 347 one-on-one lessons. We've been making kits that people can take home and actually do on things where they're working with their child at home and it comes with a task analysis and a video. And we sold hundreds of those as well. So we had over a thousand touch points this summer, which was kind of pretty phenomenal considering the, the situation of the world right now. Our main focus is our transition program. So, I mean, employment is the big thing that we're trying to fix. I have no doubt that your viewers know, kind of like I know as a father, that our community has a 90% under unemployed rate. It's the highest unemployed group in the country. As a father, that's just not even anywhere close to acceptable. And so our program is working so much to the degree that we have over an 80% employment rate and in the trades, which is kind of amazing. The neat thing about the trades is they offer something that's uniquely fit for our community that just hasn't really, for whatever reason, been explored. Unless you talk to Temple and she says, all those old NASA guys probably were on the autism spectrum. And she's like, when you go to Google, those guys might be too. Those are her words, not mine. I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but I think she's right. So we work with a whole bunch of different organizations here in Colorado and we develop our program, which is strengths-based and it's very hands-on. Nothing's watered down. Our kids are, if you were the Taurus space right now, they're using welding torches and table saws and they're rebuilding engines. And I mean, they're using everything. And through that kind of technical skill, a lot of those employment soft skills are developed. So where it seems like a lot of people's focus is all on the soft skills and not on the technical skills, we've kind of flipped it where it's more in the technical skills and the soft skills come through it, right? Because you are, when you're working as a team and you're building something like remodeling or restoring a car, or you're remodeling somebody's kitchen or bathroom, you communicate and it becomes part of it. Our model is more holistic in that sense that that's not the focus. It's kind of more organic and natural that that comes with it. And it's kind of neat to see how those skills are developed in individuals without us making that, okay, let's practice for 15 minutes today, eye contact and saying hello and doing things that most organizations do, which is it's great. I'm not putting it down. It's just, it's a different mindset what we're doing. And so that's been pretty amazing to see the way it's kind of working out. Most recently, an electrical company hired a bunch of our students. They're building the new Amazon.com building in Colorado Springs, which is kind of amazing. That'll be wired by our kids. 
I-70, which runs through Denver, a new lighting project that'll be done by our graduates as well. I mean, big projects. I mean, these are things that affect everybody every day. Danny, if I could just interject here, this is so, so different than the food, filth, and flowers Mm -hmm. that I've just gotten used to over the last, my son will be 21 this year. So all I've ever heard about is food, filth, or flowers. They can be a gardener, they can work landscaping, or they can do janitorial work. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Agreed. Yeah. But there's, you're opening the door up. So maybe they go to tact and they pick up a trade, they learn how to rebuild an engine, but then they go, you know, I really don't like this. I would rather go work at a supermarket or something else just because, I mean, I don't really enjoy working with my hands. I'm glad I learned how. Right. I'm a journeyman electrician, but I'm not doing electrical work now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. In all fairness, you know, we've had a couple of kiddos or young adults, I should say. I'm sorry. I'm old. I've heard everybody that's, you know, younger than me as a kiddo. I shouldn't (laughs) work on that. Our young adults, you know, some of them do, you know, choose that route where they go to work at a coffee house or, or something like that. But the big thing for us is picking partners that have room for advancement. I mean, we're looking to develop careers, not just have employment, right? Yes. I mean, that's a, a fine line, but it's a differentiator that we look at when we're choosing to work with different partners because we want individuals to have the opportunity to have a career. And while we recognize that you know full independence might not be possible for everybody, we want to be an organization that provides as many opportunities for them to make that choice rather than the illusion that they're given with a lot of organizations where it's like, oh, you get to choose your job and it's gardening or folding silverware. That it's, That's not a real choice. They're not really getting to choose at that point. It's they're choosing what they're told they have to choose from. And so we're looking for companies that recognize the talent of our kids. Again, it's very talent strength-based because our kids are incredibly talented and they have a lot of strengths that are very valuable and they deserve to be paid for those skills and talents just like any neurotypical individual would be. I mean, across the board, it's equal. There's that equality there. So we're looking for companies that do that. And we've got some really good ones. So I mean, on the electrical fronts, Insurance Electrician, Sturgeon Electrics, one of our partners, they're doing the new I-70 project with our kids. Through that partnership, they recognize that we do portfolios rather than traditional resumes. And so they come out, they do a working interview, and it bypasses that traditional, let me sit in a cubicle and we're in a white painted room behind a desk, make perfect eye contact with somebody and talk about little chit chat stuff that's not necessarily relevant to, can I actually do this job? And so we develop these portfolios for our students, and then they have these companies that come out to us, and we work with them and say, okay, this is an individual we think would be a good fit for your organization. We do a working interview. And then we talk to them about some of the tasks that they have at that job. And then we develop those tasks here at TACT. And then what happens is then when they go into that job in that employment situation, they already have training that's relevant to that employment. It's kind of like I have a music degree, right? And I sat in so many different, gosh, I can't even tell you how many hours. It was like eight hours a day we were expected to sit in a little practice room and practice classical pieces of music. And I loved it. I learned a lot. I mean, it was great. But then you go to Nashville and you start playing guitar for a living and you realize, well, that was wonderful. It's not authentic to what the workforce looks like. And anybody that's in any profession knows that, well, college is great and training is great. It doesn't necessarily translate to what the job is really like. So we call our facility actually a simulation site in the sense that when you tour our facility, it's set up to simulate what an actual workshop, garage, wood shop, et cetera, looks like. So that when our students 
are here, they're learning, they're learning what they're going to learn at that employment. And then it looks close enough, feels close enough, smells close enough, the sounds, the textures, everything that they can step more smoothly into that situation of employment. And then we have job coaches that are right there by their sides that are a liaison between our students that are now employees and that employer. And the goal is not for it to be a long-term thing. We don't want our job coaches there every day. Sometimes, you know, they're there for a bit. Sometimes they're there for a couple weeks, depending upon how the client works. And ideally then too, right now we partner with Children's Hospital and they're studying our program for a more longitudinal study of three years. Right now, our government only regulates 90 days, but 90 days is three months. I mean, that's within that realm of, okay, this isn't really working out. We're looking for, again, long-term solutions and advancement in our community not just that short term, okay, I got him a job, you know, doing gardening or bagging groceries for 90 days, case closed. It's more than that. And it needs to be approached and expected that it's a more long-term thing. And I like that, Danny, because I want to go back to something you said about the room for advancement. Trades are uniquely suited for advancement because Mm -hmm. it's built into it. It's built in that you come in as an apprentice. As you finish your apprenticeship, you become a journeyman. Mm -hmm. When you become your journeyman, you can go on if you want to become a master, but you don't have to. Yes, sir. That's correct. You can be a journeyman and perhaps open your own company and do, you know, subcontracting for some of these bigger electrical or plumbing companies. I mean, mm-hmm. that's exciting to me. I mean, that's just, wow. <laughs> and I agree. I mean, that and there's a shortage, right? So, I mean, like these companies are looking for people. And when you look at the studies of our community, they're incredibly reliable. I mean, again, these are studies done by the Colorado State University, and there's a whole bunch you can look out there. These aren't statistics or quotes that I'm just coming up with. They're out there. But when you look at this, our kids are historically incredibly reliable, dependable, and that's what a company wants. So if a company has somebody that's well-trained, well-versed in this skill, reliable, dependable, and it's going to be there for a while, that's part of our pitch to organizations because they spend so much money in having to retrain people over and over and over again, and their retention rates aren't very high. But when they've got somebody that's good, that wants to be there, and they reward them with that advancement, it sticks, and they recognize that. And the other beautiful thing about the trades is hydraulics, electricity, they all follow rules. And they do. <laughs> yes, I mean, do. they do, right? Yeah. You can explain why it's doing what it's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for saying that, because it's you know, I'm very proud of the idea of tact and that what we're doing. And, but it's always been one of those things where it seems so obvious that I like look around and it's like, why isn't anybody else doing this? Because exactly that. And on that point, when we set this up, one of our hurdles was getting insurance set up. We were actually turned down 13 times because everybody looked at us like, you know, hey, this is going to be dangerous. And of course, yes. I mean, working with tools is dangerous. It is. But there's dangers in every kind of thing. And our kids are such rule followers, kind of like you're talking about to a degree when you point out like, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. They listen to you and they do it. And I feel like in a lot of ways, it's actually a safer environment. I mean, knock on wood, we've been fortunate, but that they listen to us and respect the tools. And when we teach that safety and to respect the equipment that we're working with, it's very black and white. This will happen if you don't follow these rules and our kids get that. You're much less likely to get one of your students, I think, who's going to try to cut the corner by not turning a breaker off. That's correct. Yes. Which is how you get hurt. Yeah. Speaking from experience. Yeah. <laughs> I've been shocked more times than I care to admit myself. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just going to change this outlet. I can just keep those wires apart. It's <laughs> so let's talk about the other thing I want to highlight that really got excited here is you're looking for 
opportunities for partnerships where there's the room for advancement. You're not looking for people that are giving them the token job, Mm -hmm. even coding. I mean, I hear a lot of that now in the community that, you know, if you're on the spectrum, you could be a great coder. Well, that's great if you like IT. Correct. But with the trades, even within, you know, electrical is what I'm going to speak to because I know best. In commercial electric, there are so many different sub opportunities for you to learn. I mean, you have the cabling, you have the lighting, you have the inside, you have the outside. High voltage, low voltage. I mean, it goes right. on, I mean, goes on, yeah. So there's opportunity there for, in my mind, a student, if they really, let's say, got tired of something, they don't have to learn a new trade. Let's say they're doing high voltage or they're doing aerial work. They're in a bucket or something, right? And they don't like that. Maybe they just get tired of it. It's just a lot of input for them, right? Rather than having them have to learn a whole new job, they can take those same skills and apply them. These big electrical companies, I don't think it's a big burden on them to move somebody from outside to inside. It's absolutely not. And I know that was a concern that they had when they first approached us. We started setting up these partnerships because, I mean, what we're doing is, you know, again, we're the only ones doing it, which is tragic. I mean, there needs to be more of us out there doing that and doing what we're doing, but it's new to them as well. So it's kind of like we have to prove it, right? So with Sturgeon, for example, you know, they had to come out, they did the work interviews, they see it. We did a project for Temple's Equine Center here in Colorado. She's got the Equine Center, both with the Fort Collins University and then also here in Denver, they've expanded upon it. And so we wired her barn for her and did all the fans and all those different things for the university. And it was a joint partnership. And when the employer can then see our kids out in the field, how well they work, and they were doing just what you're talking about. I and mean, they were up in a boom in a giant barn, you know, with big fans that are like circulating air for the whole barn, for all the horses and all the animals. And the way that they communicated with their current employees, all of a sudden, that was it. That was like the light switch. And then that went from that, them seeing it, employing our graduates, to then going to other electrical companies. And that's how like the Amazon building came across. That wasn't us going to Amazon. And this is what we love. That was them going to other electrical companies saying, hey, you're looking for good kids. Go to TACT because they've got great graduates coming out that work well and do a great job and are looking to grow their company. And then other electrical companies come to us. And that's more authentic that way, right? When you have employers going to other employers saying, this is a community you need to look at, completely unsolicited, that's a big step. I mean, that's really something to celebrate. It really is. And the other advantage your students have, the trades still have unions. They still have fantastic Uh benefits. They still have, you know, reasonable, real wages. Maybe not an apprentice because apprentice, you're doing the grunt work. You're going to do scut work no matter what. I mean, you have to cut your teeth somewhere. Well, thank you for saying that. So right now in Colorado, the minimum wage is twelve eighty-five. Tragically, among our community, they've actually been paid sub-minimum wage. Thankfully, Colorado's changing some laws. I'm sure other states are tragically somewhat similar. There was a buck less an hour. Our graduate, um, the average rate right now is $23 an hour. So we're looking at... Oh my gosh. It's above, right? Because these are in-demand fields. You know, when our students go and get welding gigs or auto mechanic jobs, these are jobs too that even during all this COVID stuff, they're essential. They're still going to work. Now, mind you, there's some health things that some families have looked out for. But the good thing is all of these employers have been very smart about making sure everybody's been safe during this, which has been nice. So, and so far, so good. I mean, it's not safe all sunshine and rainbows. It hasn't. Right. But I also want to point out to families that may not be aware, Social Security has programs 
pathway to achieve self-support pass program uh-huh. and ticket to work. Right. Where if somebody is receiving social security and they are using a program like you have with TAC, there's no guarantee they're going to lose their benefits. Right. They could actually incorporate TACT into the PASS program or the Ticket to Work program, keep their benefits while they're going through your program. And then by the time they get out and they're making $23 an hour, who cares if they lose? I mean, not to be flippant, but really, I mean, $783 a month or $23 an hour for 40 hours a week. And I appreciate you bringing that. So two hurdles that we've experienced, one of them was completely unexpected, was just that. We're not the fact that there's programs like that. Those programs are great. But the fact that parents aren't aware of those kind of programs, just kind of getting that out. I mean, parents, myself included, there's just, when your kids are younger, you're just, it's kind of this survival mode, right? Where you're trying to figure everything out and all this is thrown at you. Still, there are some places when your kid's diagnosed with autism, they're like, here's a book, good luck. I mean, like they just don't, I mean, it's overwhelming. So a lot of families are burnt out by the time they get to, the you know whole notion of their kid working and then they haven't planned for what that's going to look like in Colorado 58% of the kids that are supposed to be on IEP supposed to have a transition plan or excuse me all of the kids are supposed to have a transition plan only 58% actually have a transition plan in place wow. in Colorado just over half I mean that's not acceptable and then you look at those transition plans I mean just because 58% of them have it it's still a 98% unemployment or 90% unemployment rate so it's like those transition plans aren't even working, the ones that are actually out there with the kids right now. So clearly that model's broken and needs to be fixed. I think what we're doing is helping. But back to the unexpected things, the parents, that was an unexpected thing that some of them were afraid of the SSI and losing that. The other big hurdle that we're trying to figure out, and I know there's some people out there doing a much better job than us figuring this out, was the transportation thing. So some of our students are dependent upon public transportation Some are self-driving, but we teach the full range of the spectrum. So some of our individuals need support getting to work. And at least in Colorado yet, we don't have it perfect. I mean, there's a public transportation in regards to buses and trains, and we have something called Accessoride. But with like Accessoride, for example, you call it, you schedule it, they're just, they're not most reliable. And we don't want our graduates that are now employees being penalized by their employer because their transportation mode, which is a public entity isn't doing a good job of being punctual and on time. That's not fair to punish our kids for something like that, that they're relying on to get there. So that's something we have to figure out that we're working on, trying to get that figured out. And that's also something, and I have it up here, you're looking at having tact expand beyond Colorado. Yeah. I'm glad you're sharing that because this is something that I think no matter what state you go to, it's going to have to be addressed. Yeah, agreed. And to build that into Let's say we bring you out to Maryland or North Carolina or wherever. Yeah. Build that into where are you going to put the building, right? You don't want it somewhere mm-hmm. too rural because you want to have that public transportation available. Right. And that's got to be a consideration. But would you mind sharing just a little bit of your vision about expanding beyond Colorado? I mean, that's Absolutely. a big reason I brought you on is I want to make sure people know you're not just a Colorado thing. Right now you are, but. Right. Yeah. So. We're tragically the only ones doing this. So what we're looking at doing is we're a 501c3 nonprofit. Nonprofits don't franchise. That's not what we're looking to do. But what we're looking to do is have affiliates out there, similar to the way that the Autism Society of America and other organizations out there that have affiliates in their local states. And the nice thing about us wanting to do this is we've been doing this for a number of years now. So we have 
a whole bunch of data and we have a whole bunch of expertise on how to set everything up, how to get grants, how to work with government agencies, all of these things that will hopefully move faster for others. We're parents, so we built this from the ground up rather than the top down. And for somebody to, you know, even if somebody was like, hey, I love what tax is doing, I want to just do something similar, but I don't want to contact them. There's a learning curve. And I mean, to figure out how to do it, we have that experience. Again, as a nonprofit, we're not going to profit from that. We're looking to share it because we're parents and we're invested and we want what's best for our community. So we're trying to get others that are like-minded, that have you know, communities that could benefit from tax programming to help their communities as well. So far, we're actually looking at a couple other cities and doing that. We're going to have a second tax branch here in Colorado and Colorado Springs that was supposed to open on July 7th and with all the COVID stuff. We got delayed based on the size of the space. So we're looking at some other options there, but we want it to be everywhere. I mean, all of our kids across the country deserve this opportunity. We're an open book. We're pretty accessible. When we put our email addresses on our website, we're not hiding. We're willing to talk to anybody. We want our kids' futures to be better. So I would encourage anybody of your viewers that are watching now to go to our website, buildattack.org, or our Facebook page, which is Facebook, Tack Kids Org. To find our contact information, reach out and talk to us about having an affiliate in their state or their city. Be great. And the viewers aren't going to have to remember those. I'm going to have them on in the description. So you are a nonprofit. I do want to make sure people understand that there is a fee associated with running an auto shop and electrical. I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. Tools are not cheap. They're not. Especially if you want quality tools. Well, thank you. So, and that's it. I mean, the better the tool and the sharper the blade, the safer it actually is. So we make sure that we have really good stuff for our kids. So from the get-go, one of our kind of founding things is we want attack to be available to anybody. We never wanted our program to be like a private school that has the very expensive tuition that if you, you know, happen to have a good paying job, you could send your kid there. That's not what we're looking for. So we're very, very dependent upon grants, private donors. And we make our program available to anybody from any socioeconomic class, any region. We want our program to be attainable. In fact, very, very few of all of our um, kids or young adults actually pay or their families pay. It's almost exclusively on scholarships, grants, donations. And again, we've got over 700 kids in the program. We're trying to set this up where if you or your child want a job, and are looking for training and working with an organization that can kind of help get them toward that. We're wanting to make that opportunity available. So if anybody's interested in donating, that'd be wonderful. We need those supports and it's, we're a 501 c So you get tax breaks and all that kind of stuff for supporting us. I have up here that you have kits that you sell as well, right? I mean, so yeah, even if somebody maybe doesn't feel like they can mm-hmm. donate, if you want to build something or give a gift to somebody who wants to learn how to build something. Absolutely. So we had, and thank you for bringing that up. We've had companies buy them where they're just helping build awareness and they give them to their community saying, Hey, this is something made by amazing individuals. You get to put together with your family. And it's also supporting the organization at the same time. So I mean, rather than some companies sell t-shirts and mugs and we have those things too, which is great, but we have things that are handmade organic that you can then do with your family at home that kind of help develop those skills and kind of create that interest. I would encourage people that are watching to consider buying these and maybe giving it to your local nonprofit that supports a meaningful day program, because this could be a part of a meaningful day program, putting these kits together. And often those nonprofits like TAC don't have the money to go out and get these different things. 
But if a donor were to support TACT by purchasing Mm-hmm. a kit like this and then support another nonprofit by donating the kit. Yeah. I mean, think of the impact you're having now on this community. It's a great point. Well, thank you. Yes. We've had school districts buy them, companies, individuals, they have a video that comes with them and then a task analysis as well. So depending upon how you and your child want to put it together, whether they're watching the video or reading instructions, you have different options. So it's kind of fun. Fantastic. Danny, you've been incredibly generous with your time. Is there anything I should have asked you that I didn't or anything that you want to make sure we touch on before I let you go? I guess the only other thing I would mention is that our transition program runs from starting age 14 up. Currently, we're serving up to 30 individuals that are age 30. We want to go older. But I would encourage families to start their kids young because as they work, even if they choose not to have a tact in their town or don't or don't have you know, can't make that work, but want their kids to start these skills. Working with those local agencies, I would advise that if there's a history of kids showing interest in this, that more organizations are willing to kind of jump on board. So I would just encourage families, you know, if you have a a 10 year old, take them to Home Depot and pick up some wood and try making something or take them to advanced auto parts. and, And next time you, you know, are changing your oil in your car, watch or join in or, you know, try to start making our kids aware that the trades are a great job and a great opportunity. We still have this culture that, you know, it's college, 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 and we're not pushing trades. And I think our culture has to start changing where we start recognizing that these are, you know, very, very viable. I mean, there's a lot of studies that talk about trades as the new white collar job. I mean, make good money. It's a good living. It's a good life. It's enjoyable. Just encourage people to give it a shot. Let your kid give it a shot. Try it. See what you think. You'd be surprised. So, I echo that sentiment. I, I hear when I was a financial planner, there was always, it seemed like every client was worried about how they were going to pay for college. Mm-hmm. And honestly, going into debt and then being in debt for 10 to 20 years mm-hmm. or longer, because you're trying to find what you want to do. I mean, I even though I'm not an electrician anymore, I value the opportunity I had to learn it. Right. And for those families out there that are starting transition, in most states, your Department of Vocational Rehab has a program called Pre-Employment Transition Services. Correct. Now, the challenge is they know what they know. If you bring your child to them and say, help me, and just leave it at that, they're going to go back to the default of janitorial, food service, whatever. Right. But if you go to them and say, my child has an interest in automotive, or mm-hmm. my child has an interest in plumbing, or we've never tried it, but welding looks kind of cool because we've seen these sculptures or we've seen he or she has asked how things get repaired. Right. Then they can do more with you. Right. I mean, they will help you. If you go to them and say, my child is interested in dot, 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 they're going to help you, but you're going to have to do more work. You're going to have to get more involved. And they're required to. Yeah, not just they will. That's the law. They're supposed to help in those capacities. They're supposed to find a venue that serves it. So you're, you're exactly right. That's one of the neat things. I mean, so for us, you know, with DVR, we're a Medicaid-approved PASA. So we're a program-approved service agency. So families have Medicaid the waiver for, through supported employment. And that's one thing that some families choose to help support us. We're also a DVR vendor. And it took us, honestly, four years for DDR to recognize the value of that and get all of those things done where the pre-ets and the work adjustment training, all those things are finally getting paid for. Just because some people build their program to fit in a box, 
ours is not in the box. So when you are in a culture of people trying to fit things that's very complicated into nice, neat little boxes in rows and check marks, and they do a great job not putting DVR down there. They've been a wonderful partner now, but you have to start getting people to realize that, you know, the gray area is where all the, the change happens. It's not black and white and perfectly organized and it, yeah, it's finally working out. So if we can help any other people figure that out too, we, we would love to. Yeah. And so we don't beat up the state services too bad. You got to remember, <laughs> these guys have been doing the same thing for so many years and you're not rewarded for trying no. to do something abnormal. In fact, it's quite the opposite. If you're not mm-hmm. lockstep with what's expected of you, it's not received well right. in many cases. Oh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So this is how we can get in touch with Danny and TACT. If you would like to learn more, I really encourage you to reach out. There's so much more. I'd love to do a deep dive in here. I think I'll probably have Danny back sometime next year to talk more and then really focus that one on how we can get affiliates in other states. I'm envisioning something like the ARC, where the ARC has all these different chapters around, but the same mission. Thank you. That's, That's a good analogy. Yes. So the other thing, I'll make sure all of this is on the description page. And again, just please reach out to Danny. Danny, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.